Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. Now, there are two, uh, 377 references to praise in the Bible. There are 375 references to prayer in the Bible. Praise and prayer are uh, two of the most important things that I think that I could ever speak on in church. It's something that we absolutely, if you're a Christian, we absolutely must agree together that prayer is important and it's something that we want to do. And so um, I'll tell you a little story. Uh, you know, Friday week ago, here I was, and I got up early in the morning, uh, 6 a.m., and uh, I was uh, just working and, and praying and spending some time with God. And so as I'm doing that, uh, I, write down, I wrote down my whole prayer, like, you know, just the topics, the things that I wanted to pray about specifically. And I had a list of people's names that I was praying for because I wanted them to be healed. So I'm working and praying for healing for these people. I get there's a there's a, a a lady in our church and unfortunately her father was unwell so I was praying uh, for this particular person and as I got to that place on the page where I began to pray God uh, spoke to me and He said you need to call her right now and I said all right absolutely so when I finish what I'm doing here and I'll do a few other things first and then I'll make that phone call and I kept praying but. You know, I heard God say that. And he said, no, 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 I really want you to call her now. And I'm like, okay, now it is. All right. So you're pretty clear about that. So I picked up the phone and I don't call this person very often. So I called them on a Friday morning at 8.30 and I dialed them and I, they answered the phone. I said, hey, listen, I know it's early. It's 8.30 in the morning. I don't know if you're busy. I'm really sorry. I just felt like God uh, spoke to me and told me that I have to call you right now. So how is everything going? She said, it's so amazing that you called because actually um, my dad had a heart attack and we have only just arrived at the emergency room right now. My family is here and, and this is what's happening. I said, wow. I said, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I said, well, uh, do you mind if I come down and, and pray for your dad and, and pray for you guys? And she said, yeah, I would love you to do that. I said, all right. So, you know, went and got dressed and went straight down to the hospital and um, began to uh, pray for her dad. Now, I didn't realize this at the time, but her dad was uh, not a person who believes in God. So um, I just sort of walked in there and said, do you mind if I put my hands on you and pray for you? And we were chatting about a whole bunch of things. And he was really open to doing that. And it was this unique space in this man's life where he was probably very open to someone praying for him because of what had happened. Now, when I woke up that morning, I said, God, I'll give you my day. You ever pray that prayer? Sometimes he's going to take you up on your offer. All right. Now, when he does, you've got to listen to him and you've got to do whatever it is that he says for you to do. So we want to be people that are led by the Spirit of God through our daily lives. So let me read a scripture to you. Um, this is a really long scripture for you this morning. Um, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step by the Spirit. I don't know about you, but I want to be led by the Spirit of God. Let me pray, then we'll get into it. Father, we thank you for this morning. I thank you, God, that we're all here and we want to hear from you. Lord, I pray that today you give us ears to hear. Lord, 
I, I want to lean into your spirit this morning. And I pray that for each and every one of us, Lord, perhaps we've never even considered uh, stopping and just listening to you. Maybe that idea to us sounds crazy, but God... This morning, I pray that we do it, and I pray that we hear your voice, and I pray that we would be led by you, and I pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. You can't be led without first listening. Does that make sense to you this morning? Good. You can't be led without first listening. If you want to be led anywhere, You've got to find out where you need to go. You need to listen. If we want to keep in step with the Spirit, we've got to begin by listening to what the Spirit of God says to us. Many years ago, uh, I was, had no relationship with God. Uh, I was brought up in the church. Uh, many of you would know this, but I spent a, a good portion of time away from God and not wanting to be connected to him at all. And so I remember one particular night I went out and I stayed at a friend's house. It was a Saturday night. We had a late night. All right. Everyone knows what late night means. Okay. So we had a late night. I went to bed. I don't know. It was like maybe three or four in the morning. The crazy thing is, is that I woke up with absolute clarity in my mind. I began to clean up just the house because a little bit of a mess and I didn't even say goodbye to my friends. I just got up and got into my car and began to drive home. I'm driving home from Templestowe and uh, I'm going the back way. I don't know why I chose that direction. I think the other way was a bit quicker, but I decided to take the scenic route. And as I'm driving, I start to think about God. And I don't know if you ever do this, but I started to try to cut a deal with him. You ever try to do that? If you do this for me, I'll do this for you. And it becomes apparent to me at this point, even though I've prayed that way many times, he's God. I don't have anything he needs. What am I going to offer him? I said, I realized for the first time, I'm trying to cut a deal and I can't come good on anything that I'm offering. I have nothing to give. I think that's interesting. Again, I come to a place in the road where I could go left or I could go right. I'm tired. I want to go home. I take the scenic route. We're dr I'm driving along and I've, as I drove past one particular street, I started to feel like maybe I should find a, a church this morning. It's the first time I've thought about going to church in a long time. And I felt like a church was back there. I saw no road sign, no, nothing. A few kilometers down the road, I do a U-turn, and now I'm feeling really weird because I'm trying to find a church that I don't know exists, and come on, I'm going to church, and that's weird for me. So I'm driving, and I turn down a street, don't remember a street sign, nothing like that, and you know what? Coincidence, there is a church there. Isn't that amazing? And so I drive in, and there is a big cross, and I thought, that'll do, and I park the car, and I walk in, and I'm late, service is running. And I walked in and I closed the door behind me. And because the service was running, everyone kind of stopped and looked at the latecomer, which I loved. And I did not love that. It's weird enough for me that I am in church. And I felt out of place. 
Have you ever visited a church when you don't know God or the first time you went to church and you're like, I don't belong here. That's how I felt. So I know what that feels like. And so I couldn't believe it. Sitting there in that group of people was my family. It's my uncle. And I didn't even know that he went to church. And he looks at me and I look at him and he says, what are you doing here? And I have no answer for him. I said, I have no idea what I'm doing here. And I come and I sit next to him and I encountered the presence of God that day in such a dramatic way that it shifted and changed the course of my life. Now, I want to go ahead and tell you that I did not know God's voice. I did not know God's voice. I heard no audible voice. But the funny thing is, is I kept on having these thoughts that were leading me, that were guiding me. I didn't know how to respond to God. If someone said to me, what does God sound like? I'm like, he's probably got a deep voice. I don't really know. I wouldn't know what to say. And yet, despite the fact that I had not a clue how to follow God, here I am following Him all the way to a church where my family would be sitting, where I would encounter God that would transform and change my life forever. I did not even realize I was listening to God. And here's what I want to say to you. You do not need a Bible college degree. You do not need to be an expert to listen to God. So when you're sitting and I talk about listening, you think that's great for all those really good Christians that know how to do that. But that's not me. I had no idea. But this is what I've learned is that listening has a lot more to do with your heart than it does with your ears. A lot more to do with your heart. So let me read a scripture to you this morning about listening to God. This is a really good one. This is out of 1 Samuel. And it's chapter 3 and verse 1. And it says, Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was where in those days there was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begin or begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called to Samuel and he said, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go and, you know, lie down. And so he went and lay down. I would be thinking at this point, you definitely called. Like I know what I heard. You're not funny, Eli. It's it's like this old man's trying to play this joke on him. So he goes back to bed and he lies down and the Lord calls again, Samuel. Samuel arose and went to Eli and he said, here I am for you call me. And he said, no, I did not call my son, lie down again. Samuel's thinking, well, I know I definitely heard you that time. This, you think you're funny. Oh, let's get Samuel out of bed. Great. So now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, kind of like me. I didn't really know God and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called to Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli. This time, it doesn't say it, but you know, if you read into it, he's got to be kind of annoyed. Here I am, for you called me. And then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. 
And the Lord came and stood calling as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak for your servant hears. God is speaking. Are you listening? God is speaking. But are you listening? Figuring out who's speaking to you is a very important part of communication with God. You don't have to be an expert to hear God, but sometimes it takes a little work to discern when it's God and when it's someone else. I'm going to go ahead and say this. You're going to hear a lot of voices in your lifetime. Some of them are going to be negative. Some of them are going to try to tear you down. Some of them are going to be positive. They're going to be uplifting. And what you have to do is figure out who is actually speaking to you. If you're here and you're like, that sounds like a great idea. How do I do that? Well, let me give you a really great tip this morning. If you ever speak to God and he says something different to what is in this book, it's going to be wrong. God will not contradict his word. He will say things that are not in here, but he will never say anything that contradicts what is in here. So if you're trying to figure out if it's the voice of God, one of the best things that you can do is just read the Word of God on a regular basis. And when He speaks to you, you say, that seems about right. I've read that somewhere at some point in some time. You've got to figure out who is speaking to you. Samuel was trying to figure out who was speaking to him. And if Samuel didn't actually respond when he heard the voice of God, he could have missed out on what God was about to tell him, which I will tell you was one of the most significant things that had happened to Israel in a very long time. Me, I would have missed it. You get me up twice out of bed, I'm not getting up a third time. Ben, Ben, uh uh-uh, I'm not up for this. I don't want to have that joke. But Samuel, he's a better man than me. So he gets up and he goes, and because he responds to God, God clues him in on something very significant. I'm just kind of wondering this morning how hard God has to work sometimes to grab your attention. How hard does he have to work to grab your attention? I know when some people speak to God, it's only under specific circumstances. In fact, let me go ahead and tell you this. I know how to dial God's number. I know his number. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Because you might want to use it later. I don't know. This is how you dial his number. It's triple O. I always call God in an emergency. Always call God when something goes wrong. I used to work with people and they'd say, oh, I spoke to God. I said, you didn't speak to God. You just came to him. Every time there's an emergency, you come to him, but you have no relationship with God. You just kind of give him what's wrong with your life and say, here, could you fix all my problems? And there are people that constantly wait until something goes wrong before a situation is tragic enough to be driven to their knees so they spend time with God. Let me tell you, that is not the kind of relationship that God wants with you. He doesn't want you to wait till there is some situation which is so bleak that you're finally brought to the place where you go, it's bad enough for me to actually begin to dial your number. Don't wait for that point. If you want God to speak to you, if you want Him to lead you, then you got to respond when you hear Him speak. you got to respond. I was at work uh, a number of years ago, and I'm sitting down, and this is when I was working for church, 
And uh, I think it was the first year that I started working at Activate Church. And I'm sitting in my chair and uh, I hear God speak to me. And he says, I want you to stop what you're doing right now in the middle of work. I'm on the computer. I want you to stop what you're doing right now. And you need to get up and you need to get in your car and you need to drive straight to your grandma's house right now. I thought, that's unusual. I said, all right. So I didn't say anything to anyone. Such was the urgency with which I heard that. So I grabbed my keys. I left. I did not tell anyone where I was going. I felt like I didn't even have time to explain it. I jumped in the car and I drove straight to my grandma's house. She lived in Vermont, so short drive. And I get to her house and I park the car and I go up and I knock on the door. I say, hey, grandma, hey, you know, are you in there? And I couldn't hear anything and I wait for a bit. And then I knock a bit louder. I said, hey, grandma. And she says, oh, yes, who's there? I said, it's, it's Ben. She said, oh, hi, how are you? I said, I'm good. We have a small conversation. I said, do you think that we could do this face to face? Could you open the door and let me in? And she said, yes, of course, I'll, I'll be right there. So I'm waiting and I knock again and I say, hey, grandma, are you, are you on your way? Or she says, yes, yes. She said, I'm just getting things together. I'm just, I'm just nearly there. I said, okay. I waited a bit longer and then I Spoke again. I said, hey, Grandma. She says, yeah. I said, you can't move, can you? And she says, no, I can't. And I said, all right. I said, stay right here. I'm going to be right back. I drove. I got some keys. I went back and I unlocked the door and I opened the door. And there's my grandma lying face down. She'd been there for 16 hours. She couldn't get up. And I, of course, went in and picked her up and helped her into a chair. And I dialed triple O. And uh, the ambulance came and they took her to hospital and called the family and let them know what had happened. I was thinking about that story and I just think, what could have happened had I not been responsive to God's voice? What could have happened if I didn't listen to him? And in that moment, grab my keys and pick my stuff up and go straight there. I hate to think about what would have happened let me ask you a question this morning. What are you missing if you're not listening to God? What are you missing if you're not speaking to Him? He's speaking all the time, but if you're not listening, what could you be missing out on if you don't pray and sit and just listen? I need to tell you something that's important, which is that God wants to speak to you all the time, but if you don't realize it, you're going to miss out on what He has to say. Prayer is just listening to God's Spirit. It's speaking to God. It is an immense privilege to be able to speak to God. An immense privilege to be able to talk to Him. But you know when you have a privilege that is available to you all the time, it's easy to take for granted. 
You forget that it's a privilege and it starts to become a right or something that you can even ignore. It is an immense privilege to speak to God. I, I read what the psalmist says and he says, I can enter into his courts with praise and, you know, thanksgiving. I come through his gates and I think to myself, I can enter into the throne room of the living God, creator of heaven and earth. And, and from where I am, from this place, I mean, I don't literally like astral travel and enter into this heavenly space. From where I am right now, I can enter into the presence of God and be surrounded by Him. I can approach His throne in times of need and expect to find what but grace. It is an immense privilege to be able to speak to God. But oh, it is an incredible privilege to have the God of the universe want to actually speak to you. An immense privilege for God to speak to you. I think about the most important appointment you've ever had in your life. Have you ever got nervous before an interview? And yet we wake up in the morning and I just spend time with God. God. And I think, wow, which one is more important? I could get nervous about an interview, but I spend time with my creator. Sometimes when I've booked it in, when I think about it, when I know it's something that I need to do. And when people begin to speak, when you begin to speak to God and God speaks to you, we call that a, a relationship. That's what it is. And we're meant to have a relationship with God. Every relationship that you have requires something we call communication. When you speak and then at times you just stop and you sit and, you know, you listen. If you're here and you're married, think about this. What would your marriage look like if you never spoke to your spouse? How would your relationship be going if you never communicated with your spouse. And I know that sounds crazy, but it, I mean, it's not so crazy, right? You work hard and uh, it's, it's Monday and you work hard and you get home late and the kids have already eaten. They've gone to bed and you're tired. You have reached your word limit for the day. You don't want to talk about anything. So your spouse, they've cooked dinner for you and you sit on the couch and you just want to fetch out, right? So you just pop on the TV and you got Netflix, right? So you watch three episodes of whatever it is that you're watching and then it's late and you're like, I've got to get to bed and you wake up and you wake up tired and yet you do it all over again. And I wonder how long your marriage could last before you realize that you don't actually have a great relationship, you're just cohabitating. You don't actually have a great relationship. You're like ships that pass in the night. You have responsibilities and jobs. You share a house. You share a bed. And yet your relationship is not going well at all. You don't talk. You don't communicate. One of you has shift work, so you're working late. You barely ever see each other. I think about that and think, you know what? That's sometimes how we treat God. I'm so busy. I have stuff to do. I wake up. I'm tired. I miss that prayer meeting. I'll do it tomorrow, but tomorrow never comes. And you just repeat the cycle and it's always tomorrow, but it never really happens. And I wonder how long it would take you to realize that, you know what? Yep. You say that you've got a relationship with God, but it's not all it should be. It's not all that you probably made it out to be. And you know, he's gracious, right? So he's going to forgive you and all the rest, but come on. Is that what the relationship is supposed to be? You keep going back and saying you're sorry. He says it's cool, but you never really take the time and the space to communicate. And I think about it in a marriage. You know what? If, if I wanted to fix that issue in a marriage, you know what I would do? The first thing that I would do is I would take time to talk. 
I would take time to communicate. I would take time to listen. I would want to know what's important to my spouse. I would take that time and sit and, and, and talk to them and want to hear about their day. And I know that I'm tired, but why would I do it? I do it because my marriage is important. I do it because I know it's a priority. I do it because it's more important than anything else I've got to do. You know, if I wanted to fix the issue in my relationship, if, if it was a marriage, in my marriage, you know what I would do? I would, I would book a date night. And I would take the time to make sure that the kids could be babysat. And I'd say, well, I'm going to plan it, and I'm going to organize it. I'm going to book it in. And there it is in my calendar so that, you know, we both know that that's the time that we've got together. And I wouldn't want to just do it at home. I would actually put some budget aside for it. It's so important. Let's go out and have dinner. How many of us know that you have a different kind of conversation over dinner than you do if you're just sitting on the couch at home with your spouse, right? So I would put money behind it. I'd budget for it. In other words, I would let it cost me something. Because I know how important that relationship is to me. I would sit down and I'd begin to book it into my calendar. I'd share calendars and I'd say, here's the time that we'd committed to. I would sit down at night and I wouldn't put the TV on during dinner. I wouldn't do that. Why? Because my relationship with my spouse is too important to be ships passing in the night. I want this thing to go well. She's the person I love most in the world. Let's not just veg out. Let's spend time together. Let's talk. Let's not just zone out. I would do that. If it mattered to me, I would do that if it was a priority to me. And your relationship with God improves the exact same way. When you spend time with God, your relationship will improve. So what do you got to do? Well, you got to make the time. Don't look for spare time in your week. It doesn't exist, right? So what you got to go ahead and do is actually make the time. I tell you, to be honest, for me personally, sometimes I struggle to make the time to sit and listen. You know why? Because it feels unproductive. I'm like, what have I been doing for the last half an hour? I can't even point to anything and say, I accomplished that. My to-do list is still to do. I have so much to get done. I, I, I get to the end of that time and I go, I have been listening and, come on, let's be honest, I didn't really hear a lot. And I'm wondering if that was a really productive use of my time. And then I realized something about life and truth, which is that Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And I realized that in my life, God expects that I produce fruit. And I've had to learn this lesson over and over in my life is that I can go to work on a problem and try to solve it and be struggling and trying and striving. And what takes me weeks and weeks and weeks could be accomplished in a few minutes of prayer. Because what I cannot do, He can do. The conversations I cannot have, He can have. The loan that I cannot get, He will provide. All the answers to my prayers, He's got the solution to it. And yet here I am thinking I'm being unproductive by spending time with God. But one of the best things that you can do is stop and listen to God. Imagine what you might avoid if you listen to God. Imagine the mistakes that might not happen because you spent the time to listen before you acted. you got to take time to listen to God. And trust me this morning, man, He really wants to speak to you. 
A few weeks ago, I shared that message on there's always time and there is. And the scripture we said, it said, make the, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Making the best use of time, that phrase in the original language, it means to redeem time, to redeem back your time. You're in control of your calendar, right? But it means to redeem time. Here is what the word means. Here's how you should understand it. Consider every passing opportunity. Consider every passing opportunity. You won't even be considering it if you're not listening to it because you didn't even know it existed. How can you consider an opportunity you never heard? And I'm telling you right now, you just are not going to hear what God has to say to you if you don't take the time to sit, to pray, to listen to what God has to say to you. There's always time for your priorities. Tell me what's taking up your week right now. And I will say back to you that that is your priority because that is what you made time for. Whatever is filling up your week, that is your priority. If you have a priority list and a calendar that do not match up, that do not reconcile, then you know that you're not living the way that you want. And who's going to fix that for you? You've got to take the time to sit down, to think, to consider, to book it in your calendar. There's always time for your priorities. God has prepared good works for you to walk in. So listen to Him. You know what I thought I'd do this morning? Really quickly, I want to give you five things to do. I think you should do these things, most of these, every day. And if you do these things that I'm about to tell you, in the next couple of weeks, your life could be dramatically changed. I don't want to understate it because God's able to do above what I can think or imagine, all right? So I don't want to understate it, but this could be a time in your life where you are completely transformed. All right, so I'm going to give you five things. Here is the very first thing that you need to do. First of all, book it in. Just book in that time with God. How many of us know if we don't book it in, it doesn't happen? I don't know what your calendar's like. I know what mine's like. If I don't book it in, it's not going to happen. So I just go, this is the time that I'm going to spend doing that thing I said I would do. If you're going to book in a time to spend with God, if you've got kids, don't make it 5.30 p.m. 5.30 a.m. may help you. 5.30 p.m. never going to happen. So set aside some time that you know is actually going to work for you. And here is the challenge that I, I am literally giving to you today. This is what I want you to do over the next two weeks as a minimum. I want you to find just 10 minutes in your day and sit. Don't include car time. I know you're sitting, but I'm not talking about driving to work, all right? This is what I mean. You sit for 10 minutes a day. You spend time with God, you pray, you listen, you hear what He has to say. If you get to the end of that 10 minutes and you haven't heard anything, don't worry about that. It happens sometimes. Wake up the next day and spend 10 minutes again. And if you spend 10 minutes, I think you could spend more. <laughs> Come on. 
but some of us aren't even doing that. And the prayer life is so irregular, it's no consistency. So here's what I want you to do. Just for two weeks, spend 10 minutes every day sitting down, listening to what God has to say to you. That's the first one. Here's the second one. Have a Bible in one hand and a journal in the other. Have a Bible in one hand and a journal in the other. One of the ways that you know God is speaking to you is because He doesn't contradict what's in here. So that's going to be a great help when you think He might have spoken to you. And have a journal in the other. Now, here's the thing about journals. I thought that journals, if you looked it up in the dictionary, it's, it, to me, historically, I thought that really is like a f- more of a feminine kind of a word, you know, journals. You know, as a kid, you know what they used to have? They used to have a dinky diary. Do you remember dinky diary? And it always came in pink. You know why, right? Because journaling is for girls, right? And they had that little key and it's locked and, you know, so no one could read what they said. Trust me, your mum broke in. She read all your notes. You know what girls do? Girls, they sit on their bed and they get their pens and they write about the boys that they like. And he talked to me today and they write all that stuff, right? Because... You know, journaling's for girls, right? Yuck, I don't want to do that. But, but I did it. And I, I got this great app on my computer that lets all my devices sync. And wherever I am, if God speaks to me, I might journal about it or write something down. And here's a really cool thing. What I began to do is look back through some of my prayers. I write some of my prayers out and I look back and I realized He was answering things that I forgot about. And I'm telling you, God answers your prayers. Sometimes you forgot you even asked Him. And then you read back and you're like, oh my gosh, you fixed all of that. I totally forgot we even had that conversation, but you did it. So read. It encourages you to see how faithful God is. All right, here's number three. Choose a good spot. Man, choose a spot where you're going to be inspired. I spoke to another pastor this week. He said he drives an hour and a half to sit in front of a river that he feels that's where God's presence is for him. And he's encouraged and he's inspired and he spends that time with God. I used to have this great spot uh, down at Warrandyte River and I would sit there with a coffee. All my spots have coffee. And, And I would sit there with a coffee and I would just sit and pray and read and listen and think. And I was inspired by what I could see around me. Now, some of you are moms and you're like, are you kidding me? Get to a river. Awesome, dad. Um, here's the thing. Find a spot in your house. Find a spot in your garden. Do whatever you need to do. But find a spot where it's your spot, where it's your space. And spend time listening to God. All right, number four, stop. All right, listen to this. Stop when you hear Him. Stop when you hear Him. It's a great evangelist, healing preacher. And someone said to him one day, there's no secret to this, but they said, hey, what's the secret to your relationship and your life with God? He said, whenever God speaks to me, he said, I slip away for a moment and I just have that moment with God. And at the first available opportunity, if I'm in a conversation, I say, could you excuse me for a second? And he steps away and he has a moment with God and he steps back into that conversation. When God speaks to you, don't delay. You got to respond. You don't know what you're missing if you delay Him. You don't know what He wants to say to you. You know, you know, if He speaks to you something, write it down. How many of you guys have had thoughts and you forgot to write it down? You totally forgot that thing that He spoke to you about. Slip away and have a moment with God. Finally, last one. This is for the next couple of weeks. Fast. You go without food. Physically, you will become weaker spiritually, I think you'll become more aware. 
spiritually, I think that some of us, especially in this room, we need breakthrough in our lives. We know people that are sick. We know things that need to happen. Some of us have, we're friends with people that have no relationship with God. If you're here and, and, and you care about this stuff, I'm saying make it a spiritual discipline in your life. Fast, do something. Go without food, but go without something and spend that time with God. Here's what James said. He said, draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. The next two weeks could be the most transforming weeks in your life. And if you take the time to stop and draw near to God, man, I, I promise you He's going to draw near to you because I know His heart. It's easy for me to say that on God's behalf because I know how, how much He cares about you. I know that the hairs on your head are numbered. I know that you're the apple of His eye. I know that He sent His one and only Son so that whoever believes in Him will never perish, but have eternal life. And I know that He cares so much about you that that was for you. If you top, stop and take the time and draw near to Him, man, He's going to draw near to you. I'm telling you, listening to God will change your life. It will change your life. Can we stand together this morning? We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.